Joy in the harvest is what God has for us. We've got a spirit of joy upon us. It's a new season, new, new, new. And our prophetic word over us this year, the, the first emphasis is on the newness that is in this season. With a new season comes a freshness. And so we praise God for what is new. New provisions, new, new, new. And I want to share with you three aspects of the newness that God has for us. And so let's ask the Lord to bless. Father, would you give us ears to hear something new today? Would you open up new dimensions in our spiritual faculties to hear, Lord God, at a frequency we haven't heard before, Lord God, that we're listening and and we are responding in a newness towards you, Lord God, not in a repetitive fashion of what we've learned before. But now a newness in our excitement, a newness in our love for you, a freshness, a revival, God, a restoration of what you've poured out on your church through past centuries, Lord God. When things got unhinged, when things got motivated and moved into a new realm for that season of culture. Lord God, you salted the earth, Lord Jesus, with an outpouring of your Holy Spirit, and we're hungry for it again, Lord God. Bring something new into our being and into this generation, into this hour, we pray. And if you would receive that, say amen this morning. Amen. Amen. Now, there's one thing about new, and that is this. New is a response. New is a response. It's a choice. What do I mean by that? You know, you can have something thrust upon you that changes your whole situation. We've all had that happen to us, haven't we? We call that a catastrophe sometimes. We call that a challenge. We've had things thrust upon us and it's been new. But you know what? If you don't choose to walk in the newness, you can deny it and stay in a new situation but refusing to adjust. Has anybody been there? And so we live in denial. There are many of you that have had something new put on you years ago and you refuse to adjust, you refuse to change. I'm, I'm reminded of of some of the immigrants who come from other countries. Uh, I remember uh, meeting my, my wife's grandmother who refused to learn English. She was thrust into this country and spoke Italian and never gave up and wouldn't speak English. She refused, right? There's a newness, there's a new language, and she refused to learn it. And you know what? She was isolating herself from the new privileges, the new country, the new fellowship, and the new identity that she could walk in. How many of us, there's a new language in the Spirit that God wants to put on us. There's a shifting going on. It doesn't, but we don't want to move in the new. It's a choice. New is a choice. And so we want to stay in our old dialect. We don't want to new, learn the new thing. But God says it's time to move. So you need to make the choice to new. So you can have it thrust on you or it could be offered to you. But new is dependent on your choice. In Isaiah, God says this to Israel, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? And he goes on further in Isaiah and he's, the Lord is saddened and frustrated because they won't 
receive the new. Do you know how Israel failed to receive Jesus Christ? The majority of Israel, because they, they didn't expect Messiah to be in that fashion to where he would be the suffering servant. You can't have the Son of Man coming in clouds of glory unless first he's the suffering servant on the cross. And it was new, and God is telling, behold, I'm doing something new. Forget the old patterns. Forget the old behaviors. Forget what's in the past and walk in something new. You know, we don't like upgrades. How many of you hate computer upgrades? A phone upgrades, right? Your phone. How many of you have your phone at upgrades without your permission? What just happened? It's not where it was before. I always hate when Windows does an upgrade. We're at Windows 10 or Windows, right? Now I got to learn what used to be over here. Now the icon's over here. And I don't know where to put this. And I got I to move into that new. But it was developed to bring an increase. The Bible says that we're to grow from glory to glory. In other words, with an ever-increasing glory. And if you're going to move from one level of glory to the next level of glory, you won't move unless you're ready for new. And most of the time, when you're ready for new, it's because you're frustrated with the old. Frustration is actually a motivator. And it's time to do something new because you're bored. And I've got to tell you, the American church is bored with our Christianity. We are bored to tears with what we have, our programs and our developments. And I'll tell you what we need, a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit who will just ruin everything. Break all the boundaries and all the boxes we've put him in. All the confinements. We figured you out, God. You act like this when we say that. And he says, not today. And so we need the new. And so that means it's a response from us. Behold, I'm doing something new. He says, don't you perceive it? Can't you sense it? Aren't you ready for it? Stop considering the old. Never did it that way before. Right. Because it wasn't that effective. New glories, new levels. So let me take you through some stories. I want you to know that a change of seasons brings a new way of life. Harvest closes the former season with joy. And so we can move into a new season with expectation and joy. That's what harvest brings. Remember, harvest joy is what we're about. And that means it's a shift of seasons. It's a time to bring in what we've been sowing, which automatically shifts you into a new dimension. Because now you have more than you had before. Your harvest and your crop is coming in. The answer to your prayers is coming in. The harvest of what you've been sowing into is coming in. That makes you into a new level of being. Aren't you ready for that? I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. Now, we spend most of our time trying to keep our equilibrium and everything status quo. And that is so boring, and it is so not faith. Faith must operate in the realm that you don't understand. Because if you get it and you understand it, then you take the reins and you operate it. And that's not faith. We have not been operating in faith. We've been operating in our known programs under our own facility 
of recognition and understanding of what should be done. It's time we enter into something where all of us look at each other and go, I don't know what's going to happen next, but I'm excited about it. Well, I remember being in a situation like this. This is what you do. Well, this ain't that. Stop the former things. Well, that's not how we did church when I went over to that place over there. Doors open. Come on. I want to move into new dimensions. How about you? 2009 is a year of release from past pains, outdated efforts, and limited definitions. We need to move into new dimensions. God is going to stretch and expand the capacity of our faith, our knowledge, and our expression. Uh, Let me share with you uh, a story considering new provisions that God brought in. There was uh, Abraham had uh, raised up Isaac, his promised son, and, and they had dug a number of wells in the lands that God had given them. And uh, famine came into the land. And uh, so it happened again during Isaac's time. You remember that Abraham went down to Egypt and uh, um, you know, he, he disguised his wife, Sarah, and said she wasn't my wife. Well, Isaac did the same thing. You know, he learned from his daddy. So he went down and Rebecca, you know, to the, to the Amalekites, and he told Abimelech, this, this is my sister, you know, because he didn't want to get killed because she was so beautiful. Uh, I, it's, a, it's a long story, and uh, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you the whole thing. Yeah, read it. It's in the Bible. But anyways, uh, he's then multiplying the, the provisions of God, multiply in such vast numbers for Isaac. He's so blessed of God. Abimelech gets scared of him and says, you're too powerful in my land. Get out. So uh, sometimes God will expand you to such a place that you have to leave the former things. I, Isaac had gotten into a new place and he overtook it by the presence of God. Amen? Amen? And, and so he had to move on. And I pray that for us, that we would move on. Now that's uncomfortable. You've got to leave what you knew and what you had gained, but it's time for you to move into a new dimension. And as he did, this is what Isaac did. Isaac went back to the wells that he and his father had dug. So Isaac goes back to the wells of Abraham, and he digs them up. The only problem is since he left, someone else moved in. And so he goes back to the old wells, he digs one up, and as he digs one up, the first well he digs up, the people living in that land come and dispute Isaac. Now Isaac had a right to that land, it was given to his father Abraham, it was known that that was an Abrahamic well that God had given, and they come and dispute with Isaac, but instead of disputing, he gives it up. And so that might be something new for some of you, give it up. This is one of my secrets. Whenever we would go on vacation as a family, I had four children of varying ages, and long road trips can be disastrous. (laughs) And I would always start a road trip with a motto, give it up. That's the motto. When things get too crazy, he's looking at me, he's sitting on my side of the seat, I don't like what he's got, he's got more than I got, give it up. You're going to have to transition from that. 
And it's, that's what Isaac did. And, and some of you need to understand, you have got to give up. Consider not the former things. Give up some of these things that you dispute about. Some of these issues that you get angry over. Some of these dividing lines that are in your family or in your relationships. Some of you have, a, have in your marriage disputes that you don't even remember why they started or how they started, but you got crusty hearts now over them. Give it up. Walk away from that well. It's all clogged up, and you don't need to dispute. Isaac had so much, he figured, I'm just moving on. So let's move on, and let's give up the disputing. And so he got rid of well number one. He walked away from it. Isaac. Well number two was called Sitna. And again, it came with opposition. Some of you are fighters. Some of you like a fight. Some of you look for a fight. Some of you need to walk away from some of these fights. You have to pick and choose your battles. How many of you know that? That's good marriage uh, counseling. It's good parenting. It's good just social skills all around. All right? Pick and choose your battles. You don't have to win every one. You don't have to prove every situation. And so, again, Isaac went to another well that his father owned that was his by inheritance, and as he dug it, water came up, and all of a sudden, everybody else came and wanted it. Opposition against him. It's like, whatever, take it. I'm done. And what I love about this is he went and he dug a new well. He dug a new well instead of his father's wells. You know, it's good to have heritage, it's good to have tradition, it's good to have what's been handed down to us, but there's a time when you have to dig your own well, you have to dig a new well, you have to move into the new dimensions of of what you are. And so he digs a new well and he calls it Rehoboth because he says this in well number three, the Lord is giving me room. The Lord has given us room and we will flourish in this land. You see, when he came to the newness, he found a new land and a new dimension for him. It's time for us to move in a new dimension. You know, it's time for us to move in the new move of God. The tribe of Issachar knew and understood the times and what Israel should do. In order to understand the times, you have to keep fresh and anew with your situation and your surroundings. You have to be ready for change and ready for for what is dynamically happening around you. And if you're not, you're not staying tempered. You're not staying hot or cold. You're becoming the same temperature of the surrounding you've been in for so long. And so many of us are tempered. Many of us, we're just lukewarm. It's time for something new. Stop fighting to keep status quo and move into a new dimension. And so you've been given new room, the release of the old. It's time to start moving in. God has new wells to replenish you, new supplies for you to discover. He's making room for us. I like that. You got to have new, making room, because some of you are hoarders. You got to make new room. Some of us are spiritual hoarders. Some of us are emotional hoarders. We've filled up our well. It's all clogged up because of everything we've been hoarding. 
You, you've got the Holy Spirit all figured out because you took a couple DI classes and you read three books by Derek Prince. You've, you've got the Bible understood because you took a course in high school on biblical literature. Come on. And, and we know how church should run because I've been in church for 35 years, 40 years. I know how a church service should run. And that's, that's just baggage. That's just being a hoarder. Some of you are emotional hoarders. You're still carrying around pain that you had suffered through 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and you're hoarding it because it feels familiar and it feels good. It's time to give up on that stuff. Some of you failed God so miserably and you keep remembering how badly you did. Give it up. God did. He covered it in his blood, but you're hoarding it in your well. You're keeping it. And no, no fresh water can come out of this thing because we're hoarding our pain. We're hoarding our past. Get rid of the past today. Get rid of it. Get rid of your old identity. Behold, I'm doing something new. God sees you as a new creation, a new entity, a new being. God has a new dimension to who you are, and you haven't even seen it. You didn't even realize that the coat you're wearing is reversible. It can be pink, too. I don't know. It could change. You're wearing the same old thing. Amen? Amen? So make room. God is trying to make room for you. And after he made room for them to expand, they went ahead and dug another well. That's good. It's called success. And they moved forward. And then it says this. They called it Shabbat, Be'er Shabbat, which means the well of the oath. And God promised Isaac, he said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Why do you think he said that? He was afraid. It's really not that hard. He's just like us. He's expanded. That's what happens. Fear cripples faith. There's a new expanse. There's a new call. God tells you to go out now, and I want you to win your family to the Lord. You're going like, oh, no, they hate me. I've just adjusted how much Jesus talk I can give them. He's saying, I, I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out. And I've given, made room. Your gift will make room for you. And so God has expanded them. And now he says, don't be afraid. I'm with you. I will bless you and will increase the number of your descendants for the sake of my servant Abraham. God made room for me here. He's opening wells of opportunity. And so he calls it the well of oaths or the well of promises. That's this. This is the well of oath you've had your calling into the new dimensions now take the well of oaths take the well of promise we've got to hold on to this thing and start claiming new promises you know these promises are amazing they're universal they'll fit into any hole any well any dimension and they will expand the kingdom amen so, so we've got to move forward in this in new dimensions. You need to study the Word of God like you haven't before. Pick a new translation, start reading through it, all of a sudden it comes alive, th new things. You didn't see it. When did they put that in there? I never read that before. Yeah, you did. It was just a different translation that you had gotten so, so dusty over walking over it every time that you forgot the beauty of it. We were discovering this, right? Amen? So let's move into the new wells. Then another example of this 
is new directions. God gave Israel new directions. In Deuteronomy chapter 2, so in one sense we've got new provisions coming, new wells, stop digging in the old. Now we've got new directions. Deuteronomy 2, 1 and 2 says this. Moses is writing and he says, we turn back and set out toward the wilderness along the route to the Red Sea as the Lord had directed me. For a long time we made our way around the hill country of Seir. Then the Lord said to me, You've made your way around this hill country long enough. Turn north. Now, if you don't do your homework, some translations say, and after many days. Yeah, 38 years. Give me a break, many days. After a long time. After an entire generation. See, he said, we're, on our, we're going back on our loop again. Down the Red Sea, around the mountain. How many times have they been around that mountain? For 40 years. And then God interrupts that flow and says, Stop it. I want you now to go north. They had been traveling east-west. They have been going east-west-south in a circle. And God said, enough is enough. You have circled this mountain long enough. You know why they had to circle for 38 years? They had an opportunity to be the new. They had to go into a new land in the new promises of God. And what did they decide? I don't think so. Yeah, there's big people there. Giants. Like, we're like grasshoppers compared to them. The fruit's good. The food's good. The country's amazing. But I don't think we can take them. And God's like, I'm your father. My dad can take your dad any day. I mean, come on. You don't even know me well enough. I took you out of Egypt and you don't think I could take you into Canaan? So for 38 years, God had to kill off. Wow, a generation. I don't want to be killed off because refusing the new. Amen? I don't want to shrivel up and die. That's basically what they did. They just shriveled up and died in the desert of old age. You know, I never thought of this till right now, but remember, uh, Jeremiah tells us that God had given them perfect health. They never needed to replace sandals. They had all their food provided. So the only reason they died in the desert was old age. How would you like to be sustained by God but never used because of such a lack of faith. Oh my goodness, something's happening right now in us. I don't want to be that. Do you want to be that? See, we've, we've got to move. We have got to move in the Spirit into something new, new dimensions. I hope that this is speaking to you, amen? We have got to move. I don't want to be sustained by the promises of God. God made covenant with Israel. He was going to sustain him in the desert, but he was going to let him die. Wow, I don't want that. I don't want that. 38 years, he says, now it's time to go north. Now, they had a decision to make, didn't they? They could do what, what their fathers taught them. But this time they decided to go forward. And they went north. And they began the trek towards the promised land. And Joshua brought them in to a new land. But this is the thing about new, folks. New doesn't mean the way is paved for us. When they went into the promised land, they had to fight 
every battle, though the Lord would fight with them, they still had to fight every battle. They didn't go in and everybody just ran away and they just walked in and took everything that was there. They had to fight for it. Because if you don't know how to fight, if you don't know how to work, then you're never going to prosper. We all want God to deliver us. We all want God to heal us. We all want God to break every addiction and break this and do that and be miraculous. If he was miraculous in every aspect of your life, you wouldn't have a spine. You wouldn't have legs to walk. You wouldn't even know how to act against any resistance. Right? The reason you know how to break an addiction is because with God's help, you suffered through it, overcame it, and defeated it. With God's help, amen? Some of you have been released from addictions miraculously, but other parts of your life you haven't. And you're going like, how come? I've talked to so many people. I've talked to so many heroin addicts. God released them out of heroin, and they can't quit nicotine. It's like, what? You got rid of this, but I can't get rid of this. Fight for it. Understand your new identity. Fight into that. Fight that thing. Because when, the, when it comes back on you, if you've been delivered like that, and then it comes back or some other temptation comes, you don't know how to fight. Israel had to defeat all those other nations so that a hundred years from now, a new tribe comes and wants to try and defeat them. They know how to fight. And the key to the battle is, it's the Lord's. So it doesn't always just come easy. The new is given to you as a choice. Walk in it, but you're going to have to develop and expand in it and learn how to walk and move in it. Thirdly, it's this. God's going to give you new doors. New doors. We've got new provision. That's for you personally. New wells within you to move forward. New direction. That's for us as a people to move forward. And last of all, new doors to open. That's in the Spirit. God's got new spiritual doors for us. Our gifts will make a way, just like that well made a way. And I like this this statement. Old ways won't open new doors. New dimensions. New dimensions have to take on new Dimensions, that's pretty heavy, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> Your old keys won't unlock a new door. If we just had someone who had keys to doors. Hmm. Oh, wait a minute. There's someone who has all the keys to all the doors. Jesus said, this, these are the words of the Holy One, the true one who has the key of David. That means that's the authority key. That's the throne key. That's the king key. He's got the key to everything. Life, death, the grave, Hades, every promise of God is he's the key. I have the key to David. And who opens a door that no one will shut and shuts a door no one can open. Jesus is going to open new doors in 2019. Your decision is, are you going to walk in? Are you going to go into the new? He's going to open doors that you couldn't have opened without him. There are dimensions that are in the spirit and in the providence of God and in the sovereignty of God. He's opening that door. Now the question is, are you going to go through? That's the new. That's your part. Obedience. Will you do it? Set your heart. Yes, I'm going to go through. And what I love is God also says, I'm going to shut some doors that have been left open. 
And the enemy has been coming in and out and in and out and in and out and robbing and stealing your joy. Taking from you constantly. Some of you feel like you're under a curse. Some of you feel like you're under oppression because there's been open doors that the enemy has been in and out of, in and out of, in and out of. And to keep status quo, you don't change anything. But like doors on a submarine, you've got to close one and lock it and open the other and go into a whole new level. And God's going to do that for you. That's what Jesus can do. He can shut a door that nobody can open. How many of you need some doors shut? Anybody? You need some doors shut where the enemy cannot come in anymore. We're done. And we'll put the blood over that door and he can't touch the handle. Amen? It's going to be like home alone when he tries to touch that handle. Stop! It's a biblical reference. (laughs) So these three things, brothers and sisters, are, are really what new, new, new is about. New provisions, new directions, new doors. And I'm praying that this speaks to you. This is just a prophetic declaration over us as a people. That we would receive what's been said today under the unction of the Holy Spirit. And I'm, as your pastor, I want new dimensions spiritually in this church. Some of you aren't going to like it because guess what? It's new. Why is he doing that? I, I love this. I love when people try to figure out my motive. Why is he doing that? Oh, I think it's this way. I think it's that. Can I tell you my motive? I want the presence of Jesus in this house more than ever. That's my motivation, okay? I have no other motivation. I want Jesus in this house in a dimension that we have never had before. And if what we've been doing is not bringing that greater dimension, then I've got to find something new to do to bring that dimension in. And maybe it's with us with our faith. Amen? Amen? Amen. And so what I want to do is make room for God. And so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to call, I I want this to be the river of new right here. River of new runs right through here. This is it. Would you stand with me right now? And and I, I know that I'm speaking in spiritual dimensions right now, okay? So I know this is just the same piece of carpet that's back there too. I get it, okay? And I know this is just a gap between the chairs and the stage. I understand that. But can we go into a spiritual realm and say, God, would you make this room right here a realm of faith? Would you bring a newness that when I walk into this, I'm surrendering my heart and my life into a new dimension, into a new doorway? And so, Father, would you make a way for us? to find that. Would you extend your hand forward as we pray for that? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. God, we're asking for newness in this congregation. We want a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit to blow like never before. We want dimensions of living water to flow in this place, to close old doors and open new ones. I'm calling forth for prophets, apostles, evangelists, pastors, teachers, 
the gifts of the Spirit poured out. I'm calling you into the full maturity of the body of Christ, into a full stature. Make this realm, Lord God, the pool that we enter into to be dynamically challenged by your Holy Spirit and moved in new dimensions.